You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> Doug, did you just kind of float out of bed this morning? I mean, cuz when I woke up this morning, I, I woke up with a smile on my face and I just kind of floated and the clothes just kind of came on me and then I just kind of floated out the door. It's almost like smelling the pie in the windowsill and just walk and just kind of going towards the smell that is the euphoria of the Hornets victory last night that I don't know, like maybe you expected the Hornets to win, but it just happened in such a beautiful way that we're all feeling so good. And last night was so much fun. It's euphoria. It's youth. It's them honestly beating expectations. I expected nothing out of the Hornets. I mean, the preseason was up and down. There were certain performances that you liked, certain ones that you didn't like. But bottom line is, I've come to just drop all of my expectations when it comes to this basketball team because over the past few years, they've just continued to fall shorter and shorter of those expectations. But not yesterday, not last night, baby. <laughs> this Hornets team was all over it and the 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 proud few the proud few that were in the arena last night I was jealous and I was proud of them for getting behind this basketball team this youthful explosion of incredible basketball play this championship contending Charlotte Hornets team 100% I don't think there's any hyperbole in that in that statement and it was so much fun to watch. I mean, I sat there watching the end of the third quarter thinking, my God, this is a fun basketball game. I am having a great time watching the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls continue to switch. You know, I guess uh, it was Matt Moore saying they were throwing haymakers every time. I mean, each of those teams answering three-point shot after three-point shot and then going into the fourth quarter, we had somewhat of a fun fourth quarter with Dwayne Bacon finally coming on. We'll talk about all of it uh, here in just a little bit. We are going to bring on uh, Jonathan DeLong of uh, At The Hive. I think we went with site manager last time. Site manager of At The Hive, Jonathan DeLong joining us once again. Jonathan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. Excited to I had more excited now than ever to talk about the Charlotte Hornets this season, especially after the first game over reactions. It was fantastic, Jonathan. Uh, PJ Washington has to be the guy that is your main takeaway, even if Devontae Graham was very good, probably was the best Hornet in my eyes on the floor last night. But PJ Washington, 27 points, 7 of 11 from three-point range, a rookie that's able to do that. Just your overall thoughts on what PJ gave us and what, uh, Maybe if he surprised you overall, just your overall thoughts on PJ. The thing that surprised me most about PJ Washington is like his attitude. Did did you hear his interview with Ashley Shamady? I think it was after the game. She was like, how to feel to get the jitters out and stuff. He's like, I didn't have any jitters. I didn't lose any. And then Eric Collins before the game asked him about like losing sleep and stuff. He's like, I just played Fortnite and went to bed. I'm fine. So he's just, he's so cool. It, well, and that's the number one thing I think you've heard praised about him. It's not necessarily anything out there on the court so much that uh, people love the three-point shooting. You know, people think that he's a solid basketball player in different areas, whatever you want to break down. But most people talk about his poise. Mitch Kupchak, James Borrego, even, you know, Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer. We talked with Rod Boone today on the wake-up call of The Athletic. Rod Boone stated that very thing about 
P.J. Washington, that he's just calm. He's extremely cool going out there before a game. And I think you saw that in preseason. You saw that last night. And I think he was it even tweeted out that P.J. had to say to his parents, look, stop calling me. I need to take a nap real quick before I got the game. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And, of course, out there on the floor, what did you notice from him actually playing the game of basketball? Just how like, it's, it's kind of the same thing, like how confident he is. Like he, the first – pass he called at the top of the key he just caught it and let it fly no hesitation and in like the the shooting percentage from three for his first career game like I was kind of surprised that no one has ever made more than five threes in their career debut and that's only even happened twice and I think it's just a nerves thing you know it's it's hard to shoot when you're nervous especially from far away and PJ was just like now nah, I got this and he's seven for 11 and I think one of those misses was like a heave at the end of the quarter so I think he's just going to shoot 70% from three for the whole season. No, I think that's a realistic expectation to have. You know, Doug, of course, what were your thoughts on P.J. Washington? I, I imagine it was all the good things like all the Hornets fans experienced last night. Yeah, it was about well. It's nice to see that the the preseason was not a fluke, right? I mean, anytime something like you know his performances in the preseason were all steady as she goes, and you know ten point performance after ten point performance, knocking down three point shots was one of, one of the few guys who was actually knocking down three point shots for this team. Now that all changed in game one, where Marvin Williams, Devontae Graham, and others came alive from beyond the arc. Uh, but I loved his passing. You know, I mean, I want to talk about one play in particular, maybe in the second segment. Um, but it's his passing out of the post. Uh, we, we haven't really seen a, the, a post offense from him. We're, we've been promised one. I mean, Borrego has said that they want to get him more post looks. But I love his passing out of the post. It, it shows basketball IQ. It shows uh, unselfishness. And it shows that P.J. Washington is ready for the big stage. He wasn't the only good one last night as far as the young guys go. Devontae Graham was exceptional. Watching him play basketball, shooting six of seven from long range, going into the 20s in his point total. Jonathan, what did you notice in particular about Devontae Graham's game that you liked? I I just love how much he's looking for the basket this year. Like last year, I think I talked about with this with you guys last week where he was he just kind of was out there. He looked to pass all the time and shooting was kind of a secondary goal for him. And he's he's letting it fly this year. No, Devon. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think there were times Devonte finished at the cup that he does not finish that shot last season. And man, I put this out on Twitter. Like Devonte just had a couple of possessions where he just straight up looked saucy. He decided, you know what? I'm going to cook you right now. I'm going to take control of the entire situation. He split that double team that was coming in when Kobe White closed in on him. And I forget the other defender, but he split that double team. He goes in for the layup. There was the one time where I think maybe an offensive play broke down, but he just decided to shoot the three after dribbling between his legs a couple of times. Very Kimba-esque and drills it. And there was a couple of times where Devontae was like, you know what? Okay, everybody relax. I'm going to cook this guy, and then I'm going to take care of the entire situation. And sure enough, we saw a couple of those baskets, and it would certainly help them win that game. That that was something to me. There was a couple of possessions where Devontae decided to take control, and it, it proved out. It proved to be huge for the Charlotte Hornets to take care of that victory. Jonathan, we've talked a little bit about Dwayne Bacon and some of the concerns that you had. I wanted to bang my head against the wall with Dwayne Bacon continuing to drive towards the hoop. And it so often ended in a turnover or a missed shot where it just seemed to be out of, out of control at media day. Dwayne Bacon told us, I feel like you guys know I can get to the cup at will. Well, that's fine. 
but make the bunnies, man. And some of them weren't even bunnies. I mean, they were shots at the rim, but just so often it proved to be a detriment to this team. And then he hits the three consecutive buckets that make you forget all about that. Hey, kudos to him. He was clutch, but it was bad for a large part of that game. Yeah, you tweeted, I think, at one point in the first half, um, whereas, like, Dwayne Bacon is getting playing hero ball and he doesn't need to. And that I think that's Dwayne Bacon in yeah. a nutshell. Um, as someone else tweeted at, at the Hive, it was like, does he know he has teammates? And I'll give him props because I thought he did a good job on the perimeter of catching and making the extra pass for open three-pointers. But once he puts the ball on the floor, everybody else might as well get back on defense. Oh, there's zero playmaking. You're right about him. There were times where he would swing it around. And I think in the play that Doug was referencing, Dwayne Bacon was on the floor where he swung it around after you had that pass out of the post from P.J. Washington. You're right about that. But man, once he started dribbling, it's it's head down. It's going to the basket. And you know what? I thought there were times last year where Dwayne Bacon actually would bring his head up and kind of look for the defense. And actually, it seemed like he was getting better. You know, there's there's the, a play I've referenced on this podcast a bunch where it looks like the defense closes in. He kind of takes his time, dribbles it back out. It opens back up and kind of like a Michael Jordan against Patrick Ewing baseline play. He goes right back towards the basket. And, and he finishes at the basket. And so like Dwayne Bacon, to me, I thought at the end of last season started to make some strides and in preseason, it just seemed like he was trying to play hero ball in the paint. Same thing happened last night, but he hits a big three. He does finish at the rim and he also hits a mid range jumper. And all of a sudden, I, I think the Hornets take like what a four point lead at the end of Dwayne Bacon's l- little stretch that he had. Yeah, the, the, my favorite Dwayne Bacon player, I thought, well, least favorite Dwayne Bacon play was P.J. Washington recovered a loose ball. I don't know if it was a steal or a long rebound or something, and he gave it up to Bacon and then took off. And you could tell by the the way he handled it that he gave it to Bacon with the expectation that Bacon would give it back for Washington to finish, and Bacon went up against two people. (laughs) I think it was against two defenders in transition and got swatted, and the Bulls went back down the other way. It was it was rough to watch for a long time. And, Doug, I know you were pretty frustrated with Wayne Bacon last night as well for a long stretch. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, I, I think he was, and Rozier as well, were part of the reason that that Chicago was able to get back into this game. Because remember, the Hornets built a 16-point lead, and it was turnovers and missed open shots by Bacon uh, that resulted in, in Chicago feeling themselves a little bit and then taking that momentum into the beginning of the third quarter. But Bacon, again, as you said, you have to give him props for staying resilient, putting his head down, getting to the free throw line, building up some more of that confidence, and making plays at the end of the game though I do want to point out I think it's pretty amazing Devontae Graham 23 points 27 minutes he touched the ball 67 times 53 passes in this game Uh, so uh, almost a one-to-one ratio there and then if you look at Dwayne Bacon 61 touches to 32 passes so yeah Dwayne Bacon was looking for his offense but I'll tell you what that, I think that's what they want Dwayne Bacon to do they just want him to do it more successfully and not turn the basketball over yeah, and, and if, if that's if that's true, then okay. I, I hope that it's not to that point because it was bad basketball. And it, I mean, honestly, it was Dwayne Bacon kind of making up for the things that he had already done to hurt this team and possibly lose that game. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us, man. We always appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 
That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body. And then mid making fun of other people doing that, you said, I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. The guy that I think his body changed, that's correct. Yeah, well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 20-40 vision. So okay. um, that means I'm pretty sure. What, or is it 40-20 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save Tonight, one of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off of your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. That's Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at Indochino.com. All right, the big takeaways from us, Doug. Are you ready to dive in? Get to your little, I guess, what what is the LBN? Is it little little black notebook. Yep. I got a little black black notebook notebook here. It's full of stats. It's full of thoughts. Uh, They're mine. You can't steal them, but I will give them to you freely. A little black notebook. That's coming up. I want to do that that a little later. Uh, Let's But I think we should do some big takeaways. What? Because I think we need to decode what Hornets fans saw last night, because I think it, it has multiple meanings. I think we can interpret things in different ways because we did see a Hornets team that was shooting lights out. Is that sustainable? I'm not sure Marvin Williams, the number of three, uh, the number of three pointers that he put down, not sure that that's sustainable. Defensively, this team, uh, this Hornets team was kind of up and down. Uh, didn't look like they could really prevent uh, Lowry marketing from getting into the paint. So uh, my big takeaway is I'm excited that the Hornets uh, were able to shoot the ball well and execute their offense well, but this is still a young team. It's a resilient team. It's an exciting team to watch. Uh, But, you know, there are still some things that they're going to have to work out this season. Yeah, defending the pain is the biggest issue. If you were going to say what's a team-wide problem that you expect to continue or that they need to fix, it's defending the pain because Laurie Markkinen got there a lot, especially at the beginning. I think at the end of the first quarter, Markkinen had nine field goal attempts, and he missed some bunnies, and he actually missed quite a few three-point attempts, and I expected him to have a bad percentage when I looked at some point at the box score, and he ends up finishing 13 of 25. So the percentage was just fine. It was a bad three-point percentage but the percentage was just fine and I actually thought he shot bad from the field not necessarily all to the point of good defense from Charlotte there was a lot of people like Wendell Carter Jr. was able to hit a couple of baskets down low Uh, they're small man and especially when you go PJ Washington that that small you know when Cody Zeller I, I thought Cody Zeller wasn't great defensively at times down low and so, yeah, they're, they're going to have to defend the rim a little bit better. I think Marvin is like, look, he's not going to shoot five of seven. Like Devontae Graham's not going to shoot six of seven. The Hornets aren't going to shoot 23 of 44 from long range. But we've seen those Marvin games before where he gets hot from three. So I don't think that's crazy. Uh, I think there was a lot of things, though, that are certainly comforting as the Hornets continue to play this season. I wrote down balanced offensive attack, especially I thought in the first half and then at the end of the game as well. The ball was finding uh, multiple people. Everyone was getting involved in terms of uh, of making assists for this team and, and making shots as well. And they were, you know, as expected, 
They were furiously attacking the rim to try to score points. They did that. Um, they just let you know Lowry Market and Zach Levine later on in the game do the same yeah. thing inside. And I'll say the points in the paint discrepancy, a lot of that was the fact that they had 19 turnovers, and a lot of those turnovers were above the free throw line, my aft turnovers that, that I hate because those turnovers end up resulting in uh, easy points for the opposition. That's what that, that was what was happening at the end of that first half and into the beginning of the second half. Just too many turnovers that were resulting in Zach Levine runouts or marking an easy buckets off of a off of a secondary break. Terry Rozier, the $18 million a year man, wasn't very good last night, Doug. Two of ten from the field. Uh, both of his field goal makes were from three. Had six assists, but overall I thought the shot selection was pretty poor. I didn't think the decision making was all that great. And I think Terry Rozier is someone that, look, it, I think he played well in the preseason. I, I think defensively there were some problems last night, but overall I thought Terry Rozier played pretty well in the preseason. And this was a game that James Borrego talked about. Look, he was going to put Terry in at the end of the game, but Devontae was playing so well, he had to leave the second-year product out there and continue to playing point guard. And so when he was – I mean, Devontae was playing so well – that he held off Terry Rozier, and I think that's good to see from your coach, that your coach has stuck true to what he's been saying all offseason long, that he's not going to play guys that are making a lot of money. It's going to be guys that are producing at a high level. You're going to have to earn these minutes, and Terry Rozier had some bad shot selection. He wasn't playing well, so he goes to the bench. Devontae was, and despite the huge pay discrepancy for both of these guys, James Borrego stayed true, and I think that is important and I think that is comforting to see that Borrego decided you know what I'm going to keep Rozier here on the bench and let Devontae Graham ride and let's say he puts Terry Rozier back in the game they probably don't win so good coaching move by James Borrego I think that was comforting in my eyes and I think they did get Rozier back very late in the game because Rozier was playing better defense than Devontae Graham it was just Graham was was lighting it up and making great decisions out there and and I don't disagree at all with with uh with riding Devontae Graham uh, into into those scoring plays. And, and I think it shows you, too, how important these first two games are against Chicago and Minnesota because after that they got to go out to L.A., play both L.A. teams, and, and a West Coast road trip that could hammer the Hornets. I mean, they, they were in danger if they had dropped this game uh, and dropping the the Minnesota game of really having a poor start to this season. I mean, that the, the way they won that game, I, I think, is just so – to me – uh, makes me believe that, again, I don't know what the win-loss record is going to be, but I believe that this team is going to play all 82 games. Yeah, with I completely heart, agree with you. With intensity, with strength, uh, adjectives. The four, exhibiting the four pillars. Is there anything else, Doug, that you took notice of? Is there a particular player we haven't talked about that you want to talk about more so than anything? Uh, let's see. Let me go down the list here. I thought that, by the way, I thought that Rozier did a great job of limiting what Zach Levine did in the first half. Now, he did come on in the second half. That that was a result of Rozier turnovers and Rozier bad shot selection that led to runouts for him. But I thought in the half court, Rozier did a good job of stifling what Levine wanted to do. Uh, I thought Malik Monk had a good game. Three of four from the field, uh, three assists. He had the one crazy one where he kind of slung it behind his uh, yeah. all the way around uh, to, I believe it was Dwayne Bacon. Devontae. For the, oh, Devontae oh, for, for the, the three. It was Devontae, I believe, yeah. Devontae for the three. I'm not sure if he really saw that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he knew that Devontae was there, but it seemed a little bit, you know, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, but I thought Malik Monk did a good job of chasing 
uh, shooters off the three-point line, sending them down to the defense that was waiting to contain them and keep them out of the paint. Uh, so I, I've been hard on Monk throughout the preseason, but I thought he actually uh, had a good 16 minutes. We haven't mentioned Nick Batum yet. Fractured hand. Don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, I think that could mean Caleb Martin. Uh, you see him a little bit more because he played so well during the preseason. Uh, so those are just a few more of my thoughts of different players in this game. Uh, Miles Bridges, 4 of 7, did not hit a shot. I mean, can, i got to get this guy hitting a three-point shot. 0 of 2 in that regard. Uh, three turnovers for him as well. Uh, so not a not a terrible night for Miles Bridges, but certainly the the show was all about PJ Washington and Devontae Graham. Yeah, it, there was a, a couple of good performances, like you said. I thought Malik Monk did play well, and I, I don't I didn't think I didn't think his defense was so bad that it warranted taking him out in because he was making so many mistakes, right? Like I had no problem with the lineup at the end of this game for Borrego. That's not what I'm saying. Usually it would be Malik Monk goes in, makes a couple of awful mistakes and then bring him out because you just can't take it anymore. We didn't see that from Malik. I thought there was, you know, defensive mistakes from everybody. And uh, I thought Malik gave you more good than bad. And when you were shooting at such a poor clip, then and and you play bad defense then yeah Malik Monk can't be out there on the court and he certainly was playing pretty well last night I thought and and hit a big three in the fourth quarter you know that that was a big baseline three that he hit and the only one that he took uh real quick the play of the game in my mind though happened in the first half second quarter 246 to go it ended up being the fifth three-pointer which tied the NBA record uh for most three-pointers in an NBA debut for PJ Washington which he would go on to uh, break shatter even finishing the game with seven three-pointers but 246 crazy ball movement again it starts with feeding pj washington in the post he had a mismatch against kobe white lowry mark and tr- lowry markinen markinen tries to come mm-hmm. over and fix that mismatch leaving terry rozier open in the corner the way pj washington fired that ball to Terry Rozier in the corner, I thought, I'm just like so impressed with how well P.J. Washington passes. His vision to do that, number one, but just the way he delivered the ball, it was a perfect pass. And then Terry Rozier, he, he passed up the shot. Otto Porter was coming pretty fast, might, might have had a chance to block it, but Terry Rozier passed up that opportunity. The ball rotated all the way back around to P.J. Washington in the corner. Lowry was sagging off P.J. Washington, Drano. All right, Great we have play. a Patreon page. <laughs> we have a Patreon page where you can support our podcasting efforts and get more Hornets content. Patreon.com slash LOH. For just a buck, you can help keep our hive alive. More to come from the Little Black Notebook Express right after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, no, like I know, yeah, no, I definitely, sorry, I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or a you problem? Were you just not listening or were, was I just, did I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't, li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. been playing up this little black notebook i've been playing up the little black notebook it's been fun been putting it out on twitter this is a thing of this is now a new thing of the podcast like this is something that you can to you can put it on whatever wherever you get your podcast you're listening to it waiting for the lbn express i'm waiting for it doug what kind of notes you got for us for too long 
the thoughts that I have, the very important, very smart, very intelligent thoughts that I have have been All stuck. True. They've been locked up in this noggin. No longer, my friends. Now they are locked on, as in locked on Hornets, as in locked on my little black notebook. Let's get it. Got some new music. I'm trying some new music out. <laughs> I put some music on it last time because I was in a hurry. I didn't like that music. Thought we needed to get a little bit more pumped up. We need to get a little bit more edgier, huh? I mean, what's the electric guitar? Is that what that is? I don't know what. Uh, listen, I'm not into instruments. I'm into basketball, and that's what this little black notebook's all yeah. about. Here we go. Cody Zeller. Let me introduce you to my friend, the box score. <laughs> yes, Filling sir. it up. I mean, it's amazing how aggressive he's looked over the past uh, couple of games. It's crazy. How about those slammy jams, man? Those, I mean, they were so tasty. He gives us probably like, what, five a year? And how about two in the first game? He looks good. He looked good. and He looked good, like, aggressively. Maybe not the numbers, but I thought the numbers would come, and they certainly did. Six of 11 for Zeller. 12 rebounds. I Cody, Cody was good. 15 and 12, man. I'll, I'll take that any day. P.J. Washington, rookie of the year. P.J. Washington, rookie of the decade. Least surprising thing of the night, Eric Collins and Del Curry having zero idea what Fortnite is. <laughs> <laughs> and PJ Washington, of course, this coming up because PJ loves Fortnite, said he'd probably play a little bit and then go to bed and sleep like a baby. Man, uh, PJ looked so good in this game. When he hit the first three pointers, I thought Twitter was going to explode. I thought I was going to explode. He looked incredible. Kimball Walker, Mishibu. Kimball Walker, over one. Hornets, 1-0. It's now okay, I think, that Batum doesn't want to start. I think it's cool. Man, how bad was he? I think it's cool now. Like, I apologize, okay. everyone. My bad. I hope, you, I hope you accept my apology, everyone, enough to continue to listen to this because, boy, that was bad. 11 minutes. I just, like, four rebounds. If you read the box score, four rebounds, two assists for him. I wanted to put him in there because I thought he would move the ball around a little bit more. Like, I understand last year there would be times where he just camps out in a corner and stays there. Yeah, he did have the injured finger. God, he was bad. Just non-existent. A couple of bad turnovers. I apologize, everyone. Like, yeah, both you and I, man. Like, I was watching that thinking, my God, that's podcast malpractice saying that he should start. Get well soon, though. Yeah, for sure. Y'all trying to bury Marvin. Marvin burying triples. My man, old man game, not dead yet, Marvin Williams. He's going to be so good for this team, and I thought that always coming in. Marvin is going to be the ultimate pro cliche. Six of nine, nice from the field goals, uh, from field goal range. Uh, Am I talking NFL? I can't even talk. Six of nine, I just wanted to get that joke in there. Five of seven from three-point range. Marvin's going to be so good. I'm going to miss him if the Charlotte Hornets actually trade him down the line. And uh, it, it's opposite of what your Phoenix Suns do, Doug, right? Like you want the veterans to actually go in there and produce, and the Charlotte Hornets actually have a veteran like Marvin to help him out. I think he's going to be big. Chris Dunn, more like, hey, Chris, the shot clock's done. Because he had the shot clock violation. Mm-hmm. Right, no, he, he didn't get the shot off in time, right? Bacon, please stop shooting. Dwayne Bacon, please keep shooting. These notes, I'm writing them down as the game goes on, so they're developing. 
<laughs> right. Uh, uh, it seems like they're just your tweets as well. It seems like you're printing your little back, uh, black notebook. Well, sometimes they Twitter. jump out of the notebook. They're so good, they mm-hmm. cannot be contained by the little black notebook, and they have to go on my little blue Twitter. Th- that really was a problem, though. Uh, we don't need to see that from Dwayne anymore, the first, really, the, th- the first three quarters. Devontae Graham in command like never before. Devontae Graham, ice water in his veins on the free throw line. Devontae Graham, future point guard, starting point guard in this league. Fourth quarter. You're vague with the league. Is there a reason you don't go with the Hornets? Do you want me to shut up and let you continue to just kind of roll off? Or you can can jump all over me. Whatever you want to do. I mean, however you want to do this. All right. Sorry. I don't know how this segment works yet. Please proceed. Fourth quarter, bench, Terry Rozier, flashbacks, familiar territory, Terry Rozier. I'm sure he's all right with it. Only the first game. Probably love won't, it. Probably won't happen again. You know what goes well with bacon? This is a question. This is not rhetorical. You know what goes okay, well with bacon? What, what is it? No, I have no clue. I, I, I have no clue what this would be. Onions. <laughs> Bulls. Does it? All right, all right, sorry. I like onions in my hash browns. Okay, me too. It's good. I don't like cheese on my hash browns, though, because it's always like gross American cheese. Now, if I had some real cheese on my hash browns, I would consider it. But I'm a bacon's. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a bacon. I'm an onion, hash brown, hot sauce. That's my, that's my jam. Not my it's jam. your jams. Chicago Bulls, let me introduce you to my friend, this L. That's it. That's a little black notebook. It's closed. I'm done. Game one in the books. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We'll be back one more day of this week to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves game and the undefeated Charlotte Hornets. Hopefully, it continues to last into the weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow.